Hello and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, a podcast that is ostensibly about video game movies. This is episode 120. My name is Mark Champlin, and today, as always, I'm joined by Alex Wallace. Oh boy, just another uh, just another day at the factory, girls and gays. Um, so I thought uh, I thought it would be good uh, this week to open up with a uh, <laughs> to open up with a, a quote from. Uh, from a from a from a Polygon uh, interview that was conducted by Matt Patches uh, with uh, Paul W S Anderson, uh, the director of the film that we watched this week. Um, so uh, Matt Matt Patches asks, "What did you see in the franchise? What did Capcom really want you to bring to it?" Uh, and Paul W S Anderson responds. I think Capcom knew that I was, having turned their video game into the most successful video game franchise ever, they were getting a good set of hands. So, uh, uh, long-time listeners might know that he is referring to the Resident Evil franchise there. I also think it's interesting that when asked, what do you think Capcom saw in you, his first response is, well, he, they, th- they think I could make them a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is, uh, uh, like, ref- refreshingly honest, I guess, um... Uh, he goes on, uh, but also a passionate set of hands as well. You know, I was there when Monster Hunter World came out and sold 15 million copies a year and a half, two years ago, when every Hollywood studio in the world was chasing Monster Hunter because suddenly they're like, oh, big sales, let's go grab it. And they were all very disappointed to discover that I already had the rights to it. <laughs> but but I... Uh, pers- <laughs> much as the rest of the fans of Monster <laughs> yeah, Hunter. Yeah, as was the Monster Hunter fan base. <laughs> But I pursued the rights when no one knew about it outside of Japan. I think the passion for their project is something that Capcom really respected. And the closeness of my relationship with the creator of the game, we worked very closely with Capcom on this one, much closer than any other movie I've made. They were very, very involved with it. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, and then, uh, and then they made this movie. So, ha, ha, ha. Ah, God, nightmares, horrible. Is, is, is the U.S. Army, like, in the Monster Hunter games? Am I, <laughs> is that, like, a thing? Yeah. Uh... Does anyone in the the Capcom Monster Hunter games say, get the RPG, as in rocket-propelled grenade? Watch, watch and my to... six. And, and, other <laughs> such, and other such military phrases, which are repeated constantly throughout the first 30 minutes of the movie before all of those characters uh unceremoniously die um boy lots to dig through this week uh what did we watch this week mark um so we finally watched that that fucking monster hunter movie that came out in 2020 um only in theaters you've got to yeah. see it on the big screen yeah helpful context for this movie was that when it came out the only way you could uh see it was by risking dying of the plague kill grandma to watch the late <laughs> the, the latest epic from paul ws anderson god it's totally well, worth it yeah risk your life to watch a fucking paul ws anderson movie they're all exactly the fucking same I man, this 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 man is a master of of eyes glazed eyes glazing over action movies, and man, this was one of them. So produced, written, directed by the man Paul W S Anderson. 
based on the Monster Hunter uh, video game series. I'm, I'm sure you heard of it. Uh, the The film stars Anderson's wife, Mila Jovovich. I think <laughs> normally I'd be like, it's kind of a Hollywood sexism thing to include that she's married to him. But at this point, they're just the, the filmmaking duo. So it's just, <laughs> yeah, it really is important. I mean, they're a know. match made in heaven, right? Because he can't direct <laughs> or write and she can't act. So... <laughs> <laughs> but man she man she sure can make a stoic face in, in front of a in front of a dude with a green screen helmet on and pretend that it's a I can't believe we're here talking about another one of these <laughs> fucking movies dude I mean, we finished Resident Evil we watched all of them I made like a three hour long compilation episode that goes over every Resident Evil movie and we're here we are and we're still talking about a fucking Resident Evil movie uh, yeah so so this movie, you know, it's 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 got your standard tropes. It's got T.I. in it because you got to have a rapper in uh, army fatigues shooting a gun and screaming at yeah. monsters. Um, uh, and Ludacris was not available, um, presumably. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez shockingly does not make an appearance. Yeah, I um, couldn't believe she wasn't in this movie. <laughs> we, we've got, we've got Ron, Ron Perlman uh, doing Ron Perlman things. Um, and uh, really honestly, like fucking like D tier Ron Perlman in this movie. Like, yeah, this is, this is not, this, this is, is not no, Pacific, this is no Rim. Pacific Rim. Yeah. Ron this Perlman. Is, this is not yeah. that caliber of performance. He is this not, isn't even, isn't even a halo to Ron Perlman. No, he's just in the booth being an army dude. He's he, just a worse version of that here. Yeah. He is not, he is not bringing it on this one. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see how much of this movie I can describe. Uh, strictly by describing Resident Evil movie tropes. Ooh, that's Here a we- fun game. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. All right. The film is going to be set in a single boring location. Uh, this time it's a desert. Uh, it has been a desert before. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly eight years ago, it was a desert in that in whatever one came out eight that, years ago. Yeah, I think that was like the third Resident Evil movie was in a desert. This one is like an even more boring desert. Like just... Feature, most of this film takes place in an empty, featureless desert. <laughs> now, I would like to give this movie credit. There is one scene that takes place in a jungle that looks like where they hold the voting off ceremony on Survivor. Um, <laughs> so they do have oh, one scene there. Yeah. And the rest is in a, a blank d- desert. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Mil- uh she's going to be the protagonist. Uh, her personality is that she's going to be stoic and determined, uh, and she's going to be a cis white lady with weapons. Uh, <laughs> she's going to be uh, surrounded by a bunch of dudes with guns who are all going to die horribly. There will be some women in there as well, depending on the time that the film was made, but they will also essentially just be dudes with guns. Um, <laughs> these, <laughs> these, some, make no mistake, these women are also dudes with guns. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and also, a uh, very important note that it's not going to be like two or three dudes with guns. It's going to be like nine dudes with guns because uh, our, our buddy Paul... Uh, <laughs> doesn't know how to create any sort of drama or tension in a film without killing people off so he always starts his movie just like just like got he's got the cue ready to kill a bunch of people and then this movie goes the extra mile uh by killing off all of the dudes with guns like pretty much at the same time altogether. 
uh, unceremoniously. Um, and then, like, near the end of the movie, we get a completely different set of nine dudes that we know nothing about <laughs> and whose names you will not remember who are all going to die horribly. So this one really goes uh, uh, above and beyond in that respect. <laughs> I It's not even that he doesn't... I, I don't even want to give him the credit of, like, he's trying to create drama but fails. I don't think he thinks drama like, character drama is necessary in his movies. <laughs> yeah, that's just so not an important element of storytelling th- to this, up this movie honestly, This movie honestly feels like a very, like, mask-off Paul W.S. Anderson, where he's not even pretending to, like, gesture toward these regular uh, tropes that make a movie compelling. God, <laughs> yeah, it's just... Um, uh, most of the film uh, is going to consist, like, entirely of basically like contextless action scenes, um, and you're gonna you're gonna find out about the plot like within the last like fifth of the movie, and you will not have any idea what's going on for the or like what any of the emotional stakes are or anything. You're not that will not be something that you were privy to for the duration of the film. Yep. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ron, Ron Perlman will come in at the end and say. Hey, don't worry. I'm the white one of these guys, so I speak English. Here's what's oh, happening. Oh god, it's <laughs> directly oh, to the audience. Oh, it's really bad. Um yeah, I don't know. And then like the 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 film is going to be there's going to be a lot of characters standing in place with machine guns, firing them and screaming. Uh there's going to be uh they're going to run away from some CG creatures. Uh there will be a lot of slow-mo. The, the soundtrack will go do, 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 over and over again hasn't changed paul ws anderson's made fucking 12 of these movies and they all have the exact same soundtrack it's incredible um yeah i don't know uh as as we've alluded to the non-white people in the film will be used as props and tokens throughout the duration of the of the product that you're subjecting yourself to uh and then at the end the movie will not conclude at all and we'll just kind of stop (laughs) (laughs) and continue stringing you along with a cliffhanger that you don't fucking care about but you're gonna have to watch the next one because you run a video game movie podcast uh yeah this this one was (laughs) particularly shameless with its just yeah just 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 ending on not even a cliffhanger it's just the story is not over, but yeah, like 100, they're just 140 the, minutes have, have passed. They're just in the middle of an action scene, and the film just 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 stops occurring. <laughs> they flash the logo, and I'm like, oh, um, all, right, all right, okay, time to do the podcast. Oh God! And then, did you wait? Did you see the the mid credits sequence? Fuck no. What was it? Oh, God. Okay. Because, like, okay, like the movie ends in the middle of a battle scene. Like, in the middle of a cliffhanger. And then the credits start. Or the credits go for, like, a minute. And then the movie, like, keeps going. And you see, like, a man wearing a hood. And then, like, a cat person steps out and has a sword. And then the credits just keep going. Mm. And I don't know what that had to awesome. do with anything else that happened in the movie. Cause, okay. Fuck. Let's walk through what actually happens in this one in particular so that we can, so that, so that everybody's on the same page as we talk about how racist the movie is. Okay, so in this one, uh, Mila Jovovich is an army ranger, and she and all of her army buddies uh, get sucked into a wormhole in the desert uh, while they're carrying out imperialism in some vague fashion. Uh, and then they're in Monster Hunter World, which is also just a, a desert. Um, <laughs> uh, and like I said, all of her friends basically die immediately. Um, and the first hour of the movie is just like, she is pursued by monsters. 
and also she is in pursued by a character who I would say is uh, very clearly coded as uh, indigenous. Um, yep. Uh, who I'm also sure, I'm pretty sure doesn't have a name e in the film at all, even though he's like th the second most important character after Mila Jovovich. Yep. Uh, which is unfortunate because I don't know how to refer to him for the rest of this fucking podcast, but we'll do what we can. He, he's got a bow and arrow. I thought of him as bow and arrow guy. Yeah, he is the I, monster hunter. He, he is the titular monster hunter. Yeah, God. And then, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, the, the two of them fight each other for what feels like fucking forever. Um, and then, uh, eventually they gain each other's trust or whatever and becomes friends and start fighting monsters and, and together and stuff. Um, and then you're at, fu and, uh, like, for a fucking hour and 15 minutes into the film. <laughs> um, and Ron Perlman and a bunch of other characters who appeared in, like, the prologue of the movie for, like, two minutes. Like, the movie starts and it's like, Ron Perlman and all his friends are on a boat. And, they're, and they get shipwrecked or something and attacked by a monster. And then those characters do not appear again and are not referred to at all for the next hour and 15 minutes of the movie. And then Ron Perlman shows back up and he's like, hey, I'm also indigenous. Which we'll talk about. Um, and fuck, yeah. And then, yeah, and he's just there to do exposition. He's just like, hey, uh... There was an ancient civilization, and there's a sky tower, and we got to go to the sky tower. Um, and none of this uh, is built upon or matters at all. They got they got to help Miljovovich get home, um, and then she does she does get home. But then the uh, the Rathalos shows up in the real world in the desert, and army guys got to fight the Rathalos and then the monster hunter world people show up and they fight the monsters and they, and, and then the movie just kind of stops. Um, yeah. And then there, and then there's the mid credit scene with the cat. Um, yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, so, uh, to be clear, I've never played a monster hunter game. Basically I've watched people play monster hunter games. Uh, what, what about you? Mark? Um, I've also I've watched people on the internet play Monster Hunter. Yeah. It's like a fun co-op game to watch mm -hmm. internet personalities yeah. play. But it's like I just I I really I get the feeling that Monster Hunter is like a charming and fun series like with you and your friends. Like yeah, it's deep and has like deep combat and no lock-on system and uh it's you know but there's a, there's, very customizable weapons and but there's 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 but, there's elaborate animations of a cat making you a, a nice uh, fried rice yes it's got a lot of heart the village yeah. sections have have got a lot of heart and a lot of love and care it's the type of game where like I don't know. I don't have a, a, a less cis-normative word to call them, but the, it's kind of a girlfriend game where, like, you can play it with your partner and your partner gets to, like, enjoy the cool customization parts um, and and the interesting cat yeah, stuff. Yeah, and there, there's, there's a lot of love and care taken yes. uh, to make Monster Hunter uh, feel lived in and feel like a fantasy world where people are kind of going about their business and living Absolutely. their lives. Uh, none of that shit in this movie. Not just fucking no. forget about it. Just don't like, if you like Monster Hunter, you don't need to see it. You don't, the, the, you don't see a cat person in this movie until an hour in and, and he does nothing. He's like, he's like their chef or whatever. And he appears like 
he has like two appearances for less probably less than a minute of screen time not a character just (laughs) they don't have like a cat buddy that does cool stuff and dresses like mario and throws hadoukens it's just just none of that goofy monster hunter like janky video game charm is here none of it at all (laughs) no it's like like in smash ultimate like if you play marth's campaign at the end of it you fight a rathalos because it's the closest thing to like a dragon Mm -hmm. that that marth fight with a raffle with a rathalos feels more like monster hunter (laughs) this movie does yeah i mean because like one of the other things that people like about monster hunters is that the monsters feel like creatures that are alive and have sort of their own uh you know agenda and sort of their own uh personalities yeah they're not just brain dead they're not just brain dead eating machines who want to kill people because they're bad it was it's yeah like the 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 monsters that attack them in this movie are just mindless murder machines and then they have like one scene where they're like sitting by a lake lake and some fucking stegosaurus show up and they're like wow look at the stegosaurus they eat grass they're nice and that's like the extent of like the <laughs> of of like you know giving any sort of personality or like animalistic behavior to the uh to the monsters besides they like to kill people and eat them yeah yeah um, i found that to be very disappointing yeah uh so uh all that said uh how'd you how'd you feel coming off of this one mark <laughs> um <laughs> i did I think I mentioned earlier that I kind of like that this is like a very self-aware Tom Paul <laughs> Thomas and Paul W S Anderson who just like just it's it's like a, almost funny how he almost tries to act like these disposable Marines are gonna have character arcs and then they <laughs> die so much sooner than you think they're going to yeah like the the moment in like the first twenty minutes where like one of the soldiers like ho- looks at a picture of his family that you see for two seconds and I'm just yes. like fucking come on Paul. You're not going to make me care about this. Shut up. Just they kill go. him. I, you're going to kill him. Yeah. Just kill this guy off so Mila Jovovich can stab things. They fucking, they go out of their way for everyone to say their name in that scene. And I just noticed that. And I'm like, is he just doing this like as a bit? And it turns out he was. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, he's just going through the motions. In this yeah. one. It's just really one of those movies where um, I fell asleep for a half an hour of it. And then I woke up and I was like, I'm just going to, I think I get it. I'm just going to watch the rest of this movie now. And then, you know, for integrity's sake, I'm, at the end, I went back and watched the other half hour that I missed. And it turns out that nothing happened at all of consequence while I was asleep. The part that I missed was the end the end section of, of Mila Jovovich rescuing the, the dude, I guess. Yeah, and then I woke up and she's, she's, yeah. wearing, she's wearing Monster Hunter armor. And I'm like... Well, presumably the dude gave him gave her monster on her armor. I get it, and then that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm just so confused as to why this was a real world invades the Monhun world thing. Like, is is that is there precedent for that nope. in the Monster Hunter games? Or, nope. It, it, <laughs> I'm games almost are, certainly that certain that the answer to that is no. <laughs> these games are not like an Assassin's Creed thing where like you enter the real world and it's like, here's fake Ubisoft. They invented a video game. This is what you're actually doing. Like <laughs> I, I think that this movie was bad and very dumb. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think it was a bad movie. <laughs> it just feels, it just feels focus group to death. Um, and then it's also like the starting point is it's a Paul W S Anderson movie. 
and then also and then it went through like multiple rounds of having every edge shaved off of it until it is just like a gray sphere um i just feel like enough 19 to 35 year old men were angry that there was no guns (laughs) and then they were like well here's here's some marines driving a warthog and they (laughs) they got smgs and shit Uh. God. Yeah, um, yeah, the movie fucking sucks. Nothing happens in it. It's fucking boring. Um, it looks like a car commercial. Like, <laughs> the, uh, the part at the beginning, like, where, where Rod Perlman and his buddies are on a boat that gets shipwrecked, like, genuinely looked like a bit from, like, a stupid car commercial where it's like, here's these Vikings. I hope you don't crash your car like these Vikings got wrecked in this snowstorm. Geico, baby, or something like, you know? Vikings didn't have horsepower like this truck does. <laughs> yeah. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. <laughs> something like, yeah, that that's kind of the vibe of the film is like car commercial tier production. That's kind of how I felt about it. Um, yep. It looks, yeah. it looks Did, bad. Like, <laughs> like even the, the if you're going to make a CGI all only movie, I expect it to like look presentable. It looks quite bad. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, most of the movie is green screen and it, it, it looks it looks quite bad. Yeah. Um, it's not even, I feel like it's not even worth dissecting the ways in which that CGI no, looks bad. We've, we've, we've had conversations about our opinions <laughs> about this type of filmmaking on this podcast. We don't need to do it anymore. Um, yeah. I, I, you, I could barely even notice that I was watching this movie at 1.25 times speed. Oh yeah. There's just, because like I started the movie and I was like, am I already watching this on 1.25 times speed? Cause it seems like Paul W. Sanderson is just trying to get past all of this dialogue as fast as possible. So we can get to the part where Mila Jovovich has to stab something and be racist. Uh, <laughs> God. Um, yeah. It's it like, it's just like rapid fire, uh, factory action movie dialogue produced on a, on a, <laughs> on a fucking production line. Yep. Um, yeah, I think, I think the, the, the first moment when I just knew that this was just going to be a Resident Evil movie was, uh, the first line that Mila Jovovich, uh, who is like the, she's like in charge of all of her army buddies, she's the ranger or whatever, the first thing, her first line is, all right, ladies, in like a derisive way, and then, and then one of her men responds, She's a woman, but she somehow manages to make that sound like an insult. And then one of the other guys says, get used to it. So, so, so the implication is that she is just a misogynist. And that's the first thing that we're going to learn about your character. What I like about Paul W.S. Anderson's writing is that he knows how to write strong female protagonists <laughs> in very creative ways. Oh, Christ. She's, She's a boss ass bitch who won't take no guff from nobody. <laughs> uh, God. Um, I yeah, I don't think there's anything else to do here except uh, talk about how racist and imperialist the movie is. We um, did it, Paul. We made a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry. God. I'm um, very sorry. The movie is is about imperialism. <laughs> yeah, the movie the movie is like is is uh very invested in uh rewriting the settler colonial narrative to not be about genocide. Um uh um god. Okay, well, uh first let's address the elephant in the room real quick. Uh when this movie was orig- uh, originally released, uh it was initially its first theatrical run was in China, I believe. 
Um, and there was a really fucking racist line about Chinese people in the film that made everyone really, uh, upset, rightfully so. Um, that line is not in this cut of the movie that we watched. So, apparently, uh, they, <laughs> they fucking scrambled and got that shit out of there. Um, so we will not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna talk about that. I don't really, really think that we're that qualified to talk about that. I honestly don't think we're that qualified to talk about what we're about to talk about because we're fucking colonizers, but we watched the movie and somebody fucking has to, so here we go. Um, let's start with the way the movie starts. <laughs> oh, with, um, <laughs> this... comparing, comparing, uh, our world to, uh, the, the, oh, this fucking line is man. like so loaded and i okay. was just already like okay okay so you know, say so the line. so after the 12 fucking lo production company logos there are the so many goddamn production companies on this movie <laughs> everybody wanted a piece of this it's it was it was shocking but yeah you know, um, I digress. so um Oh God! All right, so you, you see all the title logos, and then and then the and then a, and then a quote appears on screen uh, on screen, uh, and it says, "It is entirely possible that beneath the perception of our senses, new worlds are hidden of which we are totally unaware." Um, and then uh, and then they like do a little blackout poem <laughs> with this <laughs> quote, yep, and it says. The new world. And then it and then it cuts, and that is now like the the lower thirds identifying the monster hunter world. So they're, they're right out of the gate at the very beginning of the of the film, they are using the word that was used to the, the, you know, the phrase that was used to refer to this continent by settlers. Yeah, the the new world versus our world. Yeah, um, yeah. Then is, it, then, it, then it cuts to the, the military guys driving around in the desert, and it says our world. It's like I, it's so fucking loaded from like the just like from the word go. It is just like, hey folks, we're gonna be rewriting the imperialist narrative of the United States here. Come along and join us, kiddos. It's gonna be a fun ride um yeah it's it's fucking insane <laughs> um yeah uh and then that's the whole i mean that's the whole movie right like that is the plot of the film right it, like straight our, up our hero is the brow is the is the brave and proud army soldier um who spends you know the first act of the film being uh pursued by uh an indigenous coded man who is using a bow and arrow to hunt her um, and is painted as the aggressor uh, in this scenario throughout the entire first act of the movie. Um, and then the first act concludes with her, like, being captured and tied up by him. Um, and then while he is tied, wh while she is tied up in his home, um, we see him uh, practicing uh, this film's interpretation of some kind of traditional medicine. Uh, and he is also shown uh, chanting in front of a fire uh, alongside some statues. So really just like, just, you know, just appropriating every possible uh, indigenous aesthetic with, you know, just reckless abandon throughout this. Like, I, I don't even, you know, I, again, like, I'm a fucking colonizer. I don't feel qualified to get into the specifics of it. But like, yes, it is just like, they are just using the aesthetics 
<laughs> it uh, feels like a movie that was like written in the 70s or 60s. <laughs> like it's it, it it's it's basically that bad, honestly. Uh, and it's yeah. not like things have improved that much across the rest it, of it's, media. It's just that it's like not subtle at all. <laughs> yeah, it, that's that's really what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's I I like that you you noted that this this dude like basically because he doesn't speak English is kind of like treated like a child by the movie it's yeah like like all of their interactions once they become friends he is like he acts like a toddler when he's trying to communicate with her um it's very racist um yeah yeah, i don't know like (laughs) there's a part where like she like smashes all of the statues that he is chanting in front of like his little like he has like these little totems and he she like smashes them and like laughs in his face which i thought was just like just very explicit colonizer behavior. Like, I don't know, man. It's a lot. And it's like relentless throughout this movie. Um, and then, you know, it's fucking, it's avatar. It's fucking dances with wolves. He fucking teaches her all of his, his ancient weaponry and shit. Um, shows her how to, uh, how to work on, how to live on this land and deal with the monsters and, use the resources of the monsters and everything. And I know that's what the game is about, but they're really, really leaning into some unfortunate fucking tropes here, girls and gays. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just kind of expected the movie to cop out by being like, oh, well, like, he's from I, he's from our world, but, like, he's just been stranded here for so long that, like, you know, he, he barely even, you know, he, he that he's just, you know, become you know, embedded in, in, in the monster hunter world instead. Uh, fucking nope. Wrong. Idiot. Stupid. Why would you even (laughs) think that they would take that opportunity to make the movie less racist when instead they can make the movie more racist and make Ron Perlman also dress in indigenous coded dress. (laughs) That. Wow. When that, when he showed up with like weird face makeup that like, doesn't he have like weird face makeup that like enlarges some of his features? I don't know. Once again, not something that I think we can yeah you know yeah i would i i think i you know again can't can't get deep on it but i think that we it it is safe to say that they basically have ron perlman doing red face in this movie Mm, um yeah it's uh it would have been so easy to just to just say to just have those guys in the end be like uh to have the bow and arrow guy be like uh like i just i didn't trust you i yes i I, yes i'm from the other world i can speak english uh but and but i didn't trust you and all my friends we we were all part of bravo team who came here first and then just make it so that the monster hunter world doesn't have any people so there there's no human beings to like colonize here it's just a dangerous monster world like if you're if you're gonna just fuck up the canon of monster hunter that bad you might as well make it not racist (laughs) yeah like it's it, they, yeah, they don't take the out. <laughs> to, no, to, to, it, they, it's they, right there. They consciously choose to make it worse. And, like, if they had taken the out, like, the movie would still be racist because it's still, like, invoking the imagery of, like, the indivine, like the indigenous savage, you know, uh, <laughs> yes. to, like, scare you. Um, but, you know, at least they wouldn't uh, have the film hinge on uh, the indigenous people and the United States military teaming up to fight some monsters <laughs> together. Oh, God. It's like, you know what else is really fucking crazy is they also have that part where Ron Perlman, like, suggests that possibly the reason that the ancient civilization that he talks about for two seconds and never brings up again, like, the reason that they were wiped out was because of people coming over from the old world. And that, like, gets brought up. And it's like, oh, so this is 
these are these are indigenous people you are you are using the 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 narrative of indigenous people for this yeah. story and then that's just oh, never well, fucking brought up again uh yeah. and and the last time we see ron perlman he shows up in the real world to help the white people out and he's like he's like we came to help because we can't have monsters from our world coming to attack yours it's I, i'm really glad that that the whitest of the native wow. people came over to say that i think wow Wow! (laughs) Wow! Holy fuck! Oh my god! Okay, yeah. Uh, okay. Like, fuck. Uh, I don't know. There are better podcasts to listen to if you would like to. If you, if you, you know, I'm not indigenous, so I'm not gonna talk about this for much longer. All I'm gonna say is, um, I think it's this movie is an incredible demonstration of the way that white people. Um, who are not, like, constantly critical of their own status as colonizers will just, like, constantly reproduce this narrative and constantly create stories uh, that tries to rewrite the absolutely murderous and genocidal history of this country to be anything Mm -hmm. besides that. Anything besides that. We were friends. They helped us. Uh, they taught us their their ways. Yep. It was all like, anything besides we murdered them, which is the truth. Um, I think that's all I got. <laughs> anything else you want to say about Monster Hunter? Oh, I just wanted to say that, um, and because I've been doing this lately, I think that if you are a white person who lives in the United States or in any other colonizer country like the united kingdom any any white country still within the commonwealth of her majesty the queen um (laughs) which uh, i just found out about the the, i'm finding out a lot of shit about the uk lately it's really fucked um i think if you are one of those people you should uh make up for the enormous gaping uh intentional gaps in your uh schooling that you had and you should read a lot of fucking history you should read queer history you should read black history you need to read indigenous history uh you need to read accurate historical accounts yeah um, of the things that have happened uh that allowed um your uh ancestry to invade these lands yeah and and continues and the which continues to benefit you to this day. yes to 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 be yeah to be yeah. crystal clear like the, the reason that you need to do this is to continue to uh actively yeah, because attempt, this is ongoing yeah actively attempt to dismantle settler yeah, colonialism yeah. is yeah settler colonialism is not something that happened in the past it is something that nope. is currently happening and currently affects every aspect of the world and politics um yeah uh it happens uh, in your mind and in your heart on a day-to-day basis uh unless you're actively thinking about it um because it was it is inescapable uh so fucking you you should read you should read some history from uh, non-white people. And, uh, and um, I think I've mentioned this book on this podcast before, but um, An Indigenous People's History of the United States is, like, very thorough, um, but not that cool. long. Um, and will 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 get you there in terms of the basics of just how we got to the point that we're at now. Nice. Um, 
I also, if you are interested in, uh, in indigenous socialism, I'm going to constantly plug the Red Nation podcast um, yes. and uh, uh, Red Power Hour, which is one of their uh, spinoff shows. Fucking incredible shows. They did a Star Wars episode recently oh, shit, on really? Red Nation. It, yeah, it's so good. Oh, it's God, so I got to listen did, to that. They did, like, a Star Wars and settler colonialism episode. And, like, the first, oh, like... Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. The fucking yeah. all of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's great because, like, the first 10 minutes they talk about how much they love Star Wars. Right, <laughs> and then like, the, and then you they spend it. the next like, the rest of the the hour like unpacking that feeling alongside like <laughs> this indigenous socialist perspective. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's so good. It's like it's like, hey, we love Star Wars. Also, so George, <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah. I have some thoughts. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's yeah, it's uh, it's it's great. Please do not let Cartridge Cinema Club be the only political oh, education God. that you get. Please. This is the, that's Please? The, that's my my worst fear. Um, I really think here's the thing. If you listen to this, you're a podcasty person. Probably you yeah. listen to some other podcast that has an audible fucking free trial. Use that and, and listen to the the historical you know uh, documents. Uh, the, re- listen to the things that Alex recommends. That's that's what I literally did. Yeah, I, I, I'm like <laughs> you know like I think I think that listening to this podcast can be it, like this. You know we try to have fun here and we talk about things here and there and like you know we we. We do what we can on this show, but, you know, we can't. Mark and I, who are both, like, upper-middle-class white socialists, cannot possibly uh, provide you with the full scope of political context and political education uh, that you need in order to have a full material understanding of uh, Mm -hmm. the imperial situation uh, and the situation under capitalism in the United States and elsewhere. I think that's all I've got. What are we watching next week, Mark? Uh, we're watching the Simpsons next (laughs) week, uh, because I said, can we please watch something fun for the love of God? Um, so yeah, they, we've really been doing a lot of ruffle. I thought the monster, I thought Monster Hunter was just gonna be like, yeah, whatever. It's a shitty Paul W. S. Anderson movie, but then it had politics, and I was mad. <laughs> I, I I thought it was you know at, at the end they're important to 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 plug some things that, that are that are not terrible. Um, so uh, to to kind of wash the Paul W. S. Anderson out of out of your mind. Yeah. Um, the The Simpsons. Uh, is a is a television show has been running for a couple years now. So we're watching season seven, episode eleven, um, and we're watching season thirty, episode seventeen, uh, which is going to be an exercise in uh, sadness uh, because <laughs> these are both episodes about video games, and and uh, the sadness will come from uh, from realizing that it was one of the most subversive and cleverly written comedies of all time and now it's a it's a neoliberal nightmare show um yeah um (laughs) yeah i've been i I, i've been i've been watching a little bit of the simpsons lately and uh i think it is really fucking good when it's not racist um yes to be clear (laughs) even in the good seasons of the simpsons there was a lot of racism this Mm -hmm. is I've, I've, I'm not, I, I've, I, there are, there have been for a, for a decade now, there's been a, a lot of conversations around how racist the Simpsons has always been. However, in a lot of ways, especially for being in the early nineties, it was fairly subversive for being an American sitcom. However, now it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's been fucking terrible we'll, dog shit. Yeah. For like we're going to, we'll get into it. This, <laughs> we'll, into get to it. it we'll get to it. We'll get to it. This episode yeah, is. We're going to. 
we're gonna <laughs> gonna be a good one yeah we're gonna watch the mortal Kombat episode from season seven and the esports episode that they did in season 30 so B- buy me bone storm or go to hell yeah so that'll <laughs> be fun where can people find the podcast on the internet mark you can listen to us at Cartridge Cinema. That's at Cartridge Cinema. Uh, well, that's our Twitter. I'm sure you could find a link to listen to us there. But our Twitter is at Cartridge Cinema. Join the Discord. It's linked on the Twitter. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, your favorite podcasting app. Just some of the places that you can listen to us. We love that. Um, when you listen to us, that's really cool. I love uh, when people listen to the podcast. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah, I think... I, 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 it's a it's 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 a good show, you know, <laughs> worth listening to. I think the show's to. all right. <laughs> um, you should rate us if you agree. That'd be cool. Uh, music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. For me, it was Tuesday. Fuck cops! Don't join the military, no matter how <laughs> cool they made them look in Monster Hunter. Also, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are white supremacists and mass murderers. Thank you for listening to our very <laughs> weird podcast. I goodbye. <laughs> Uh, yeah, mm, I I could, I could, uh, we could talk about, no, no, no. I don't, I, she does, you, she doesn't deserve our we, fucking before, time. Before we started recording this podcast, you were like, this one's going to be, we could probably knock this out like eh, 28 minutes wrong. Yeah. We, we don't even have the, the five minutes to rant about Kamala uh, Harris. She does, I, she does not deserve our time. I don't want to talk about her. Fuck Kamala Harris. Good. Peace. Peace. Bye. Bye. Ah. <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs> do you know how fucking hard it was, Alex, to not say "Happy White Boy Summer"? Do you know how <laughs> fucking hard. I it, listen. It, this is not this. The podcast is not the <laughs> is not the nope. the vehicle for that. But but so those I, videos are very funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, but, can't be out here looking like a picnic table, boys. The fuck, God, this man's brain must be preserved and studied. <laughs> We gotta stop calling ladies smoke shows. No, we're calling ladies smoke shows. Were we doing that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't want to hear that fucking fucking smoke show. I don't want to hear that anymore. It's done. It's over with. Internet gone mad again. (laughs) Ah, my god. Oh my fucking god. I don't. I don't have the strength. I don't have the strength to not put on a backwards hat and take my shirt off this summer. I know it's gonna happen. I. I I put on a backwards hat and I I became a man again. It was hilarious. I it just it was like I was exercising a demon. <laughs> All right. I mean that's that's I got to stop recording. That was yeah.